Hello, and special welcome to our streaming audience. You are an important part of our community. Uh, if you are streaming with us today and not in our sanctuary, you picked a brilliant day because it's a balmy negative 29 degrees with the wind chill. So uh, let's go to church. <laughs> what the world is talking about you got confusion all over the land mother against daughter father against son the whole thing is getting out of hand
world's talking about you got confusion it's running amok all over this land trying times we're living in trying Thank you, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, my name is Nancy Merritt. I am honored to serve on your board of trustees, and I want to welcome everybody in the sanctuary, you brave souls. Thank you for coming out here today. We're tough. This does not stop us. Our Sunday services at 10 o'clock, as you know, every Sunday morning, and you can watch our services online at any time or on demand or on YouTube. Join Reverend Tony this afternoon for a global change and me as we consider how individuals can impact global change and what that means for each of us. So at 5 p.m. she also leads a peace meditation via Zoom. So those two things are going on today. Upcoming events, we have several. Next Sunday afternoon, Michael Opsatz will be leading a workshop on healing emotional wounds. And our Being Present with Grief Circle will move to Monday, January 22nd this month, so make a note of that. Also, Reverend Vern Bittner will be our guest speaker on Sunday, January 28th, and he'll be signing his new book, Amazing Grace, which is the selection for Reverend Pat's Minister's book group in February, and you can pick that book up in the bookstore. Also, Reverend Phil Smedstad returns as our guest speaker on Sunday, February 4th, and he'll also lead an afternoon workshop talking about raising your self-esteem at 12.30. And today, in the courtyard, we have Sarah from PRISM. As you know, PRISM is a group that we support through this community. She's here today, and you can meet with her to talk about what does PRISM do if you have any questions. She has handouts, she has some coupons, she has ways that you can volunteer and be involved. So please stop out and say hi to her, if nothing else, and get some more information. Also, Unity Minneapolis is supporting local youth experiencing homelessness with gifts of personal hygiene products. So it's a real way to help. Your donations can make a difference. Pick up a shopping list or visit our website. We're accepting donations through February 11th and you can pack the supplies on Saturday afternoon, the 17th, if you're available, so that we can get those to the kids. This year is a big year for Unity, like we haven't had big years for the last few years, but this is a big year for Unity. And you've heard that we're gonna be, as we start our new building, we're gonna be moving to an interim space. This'll be fun. It's like summer camp, you know, kind of think of it that way. And you're probably wondering, why haven't we told you where yet? And the reason we haven't is we have, we're blessed to have options and we're finalizing that decision. So we want to make sure that we honor the people that we're talking to as well as our process. So as soon as we know, which will probably be by the end of the month, early February, we'll be announcing that. But what you can rest assured of is we are blessed. We've been very blessed this week with a few things on this project and that's one, to be able to have options for where we get to spend our summer camp time. And in line with that, in two weeks, join Reverend Tony to explore how we move ahead on the path of intentional spiritual growth, especially as we go through this move together, how we keep our community connections and the prayer support in the coming year. So be there at 12 p.m. in the Fillmore Room on January 28th to see how you can do that. And now, if you have one of these little lovelies, if you could just turn it to airplane mode, 
and give each other and ourselves that time of just peace and quiet today so that we can be present. And if you're anything like me, you'll forget you have it on airplane mode. You get a whole day of that. So you're welcome. And with now, you can join Reverend Kevin in our opening prayer. Please join me in prayer. Just allow yourself to, to arrive, becoming still. Take a deep breath and allow yourself to become present, present to the preciousness of life, present to the miracle of right now. We breathe in a deep sense of gratitude for this day for the brisk cold air that reminds us that we are indeed alive. We extend gratitude for this beloved community and those whose shoulders we stand on. We open our hearts and minds to a greater awareness and understanding of the divine. Even those things in life that seem to make no logical sense. Today, we especially honor the life, legacy, and dream of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. We continue to hold his vision, a vision of a world transformed in the face of poverty, racism, and the military machine. We take a firm stand that is unshakable, a stand for love, peace, and compassion. We see this consciousness of love, peace, and compassion rippling out into our entire world. We especially wrap the leaders in our world in this consciousness, knowing, knowing deeply that peace is the way and love is the answer. And so it is, and so we allow it to be. Amen. Please stand as you choose for our opening song, What the World Needs Now. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Lord, we don't need another mountain. There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb. There are oceans love, sweet love, it's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, no, not just for some, but for everyone. Lord, we don't need another meadow, there are corn 
fields and wheat fields enough to grow. There are sunbeams and moonbeams enough to shine. Oh, listen, Lord, if you want to know. Ginger and crew. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Do you feel the amazing energy in this place? We are so blessed to be part of such an amazing community. I welcome you all who are here. As Nancy said, you brave souls. Mm, where I come from, if it was this cold, we wouldn't get out of bed, much less come to church. And yet we're here. And thank you for those of you live streaming with us today. So good to have you here. We feel your energy, and I know that you will be able to feel ours as we move through this service. We are a welcoming community. We enjoy that sense of new presence, and we want to welcome those of you who maybe have not been here before, first-time visitors, or as Reverend Pat likes to say, maybe you feel like a first-time visitor. Our, our ushers have... Um, Roses and gifts. So I'd like to ask those of you who have been here or who are here for the first time, if you would just raise your hand. Let us see who that is. Come on, there you go. All right, there's one in the back. And for those of you live streaming with us, welcome. Hope your hand is raised and there's information there on your screen. Uh, please um, feel free to connect with us that way. For those of you here, you got a packet. The rose is for our folks to recognize you so that they can extend a, a welcome to you after the service. And the packet has information that we'd like to get from you so that we can reach out. Someone from our staff will reach out uh, and welcome you as well. We'll do the same for those coming in over live stream. So welcome. Welcome to you all. We are a welcoming and an inclusive community. We have a vision we have a vision, and I'd like for us this morning to share that vision. It's in your order of service, and let's speak that vision from our heart. Reverend Kevin referred to the vision of MLK. This is like that. Let's say our vision together. Centered in spirit, we celebrate a world transformed by love, peace, and compassion. And so it is this morning. Welcome. And now, Karen Ani is going to read our daily word. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of our daily word. You are invited to mentally add your prayers to our prayer box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court, where, they, where you may add your written requests 
You may also submit an online prayer request via our website. Your prayers are prayed with us by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they are forwarded to Silent Unity, where they are prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today is serve. We affirm, I bring God's love into the world through service. I don't need special skills to be of service. I have willing hands and an open heart, channels of God's love to be directed wherever they are needed the most. This impulse to serve is my compassionate nature seeking expression. I respond to the needs around me by doing what I can do to help. I do not think of reward or recognition. Just being of service fills my heart. Serving is a wonderful way to feel close to God. My loving heart is open, my hands are busy, and my life feels purposeful when I am doing what I can to brighten one person's life or to make the world a better place. I feel God's presence strongly as I serve and share love and the care of the divine. In Matthew 25, 35, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. The word for today is serve. Please join me in meditation. I invite you to find a comfortable spot, breathing deeply, feeling yourself quiet and moving towards stillness. Feel yourself moving from your head to your heart. 
allow any physical tension or any thoughts vying for attention to just surrender. Let go and give yourself permission, permission to be here now. Please allow these words to wash over you. In the beginning, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now is the time of new beginning. I am a co-creator with God. And it is a new heaven that comes. As the goodwill of God is expressed on earth through me. It is the kingdom of light love, peace, and understanding. And I am doing my part to reveal its reality. I begin with me. I am a living soul, and the Spirit of God dwells as me. And God and I are one. And all that God has is mine. In truth, I am the Christ of God. What is true of me is true of everyone. For God is all and all is God. I see only the Spirit of God in every soul. And to every living thing on earth I say, I love you for you are me. You are my holy self. I now open my heart and let the pure essence of unconditional love pour out. I see it as a golden light reading from the center of my being, the one light of love, peace, and understanding is moving. It flows across the face of the earth, touching and illuminating every soul in the shadow of the illusion. And where there was darkness, there is now the light of reality. And the radiance grows, permeating, saturating every form of life. There is only the vibration of one perfect life now. All the kingdoms of the earth respond, and the planet is alive and light and love. There is total oneness, and in this oneness, we speak the word. Let the sense of separation be dissolved. Let humankind be returned to God-kind. Let peace come forth in every mind. Let love for, flow forth from every heart. Let forgiveness reign in every soul. Let understanding be the common bond. And now from the light of the world, the one presence and power of the universe responds. The activity of God is healing and harmonizing planet Earth. I am seeing the salvation of the planet before my very eyes as all false beliefs and error patterns are dissolved. The sense of separation is no more. The healing has taken place. I feel its divine vibration in through and as me, above and below me, and the world is restored to sanity. I am one with the light, 
I am filled with the light. I am illumined by the light. I am the light of the world. We now take a few moments to simply rest, resting in the stillness, in the quiet, in the silence. invite you to return to this time and place. And with purpose of mind, I send forth the light. I let the radiance go before me to join the other lights. I know this is happening all over the world at this moment. I see the merging lights. There is now one light. We are the light of the world. This is the beginning of peace on earth and goodwill toward all. As love follows forth from every heart, forgiveness reigns in every soul, and all hearts and minds are one in perfect understanding. It is done. And so it is. Amen. Imagine this, no heaven, it's easy if you try.
just imagine all the people living life in peace. You. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. There is no need for greed or hunger. Only a brotherhood of man. Can you imagine? What do we say? We are blessed, exactly. We are so blessed. It's good to have you back, lady. And Lori, it's always good to have you again. 
Okay, I'm done. Gee, the crickets. No, I'm not. You're right. I'm not. Are you ready to move? Are you ready to move? One more time. Are we ready to move? Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Because guess what? We're going to be moving. We're stepping into the next phase in this transformative journey that you guys started long before I got here. I sort of lost track of the number of this phase, but it really doesn't matter. This is the phase where we pick up and we start moving. When, we, when Reverend Pat and Reverend Kevin and I were talking about what this year's theme was going to be, <laughs> and we sort of chuckled to each other and went, right. Key words seemed to be change. And we had just come off of that, uh, our book study on trusting change with Karen Herring. And it seemed appropriate because um, both of us, all three of us, I think, probably heard from folks who had in the book studies and who had studied the book by themselves, there was so much more to that book than we could get in a seven-week study. So perhaps what we needed to do was take that and go deeper. That's what unity does, isn't it? We take things and we go deeper. And so the theme for this year for us is trusting change. It's trusting change. And each month, this month is really about resetting the stage, defining a little bit about what trust is and what the, what the process will be for us. And then starting next month, we'll take one of those 10 skills and we'll go deep in that skill. And I'm looking forward to it, even though there are a couple of those, because you realize we've been assigned our Sundays well in advance, and we sort of know what the topics are, and there are a couple of them out there that I look at and go, oh, dear me. Hmm, okay. And yet it's exciting, because it means that we can get to go deeper into this, what it means to really trust in the process of change, and what are the skills that we need. So this, this Sunday, as we begin, I want to just touch base again on Karen's words about change, we're going to be focusing on global change. It seemed very appropriate, given that this was the weekend we honor Martin Luther King Jr., to talk about global change and what that implication is for us. But I want to start by reading for you, uh, as a reminder, some words from Karen Herring in her book about change and about shifting and changing. And she says this, so much is shifting today, and not all just from the pandemic or from uprisings against racial violence and oppression. Thanks to the effort and persistence of so many change agents around the world, we live in a time when the playbook of privilege is being rewritten. Though it will take, may take, generations to arrive in a place of right relationships, we are witnessing dramatic, if undue, overdue, shifts in language, narratives, paradigms, systems, and day-to-day -day life. 
for those of us longing to build and nurture a beloved community as described by Martin Luther King Jr., these changes are welcome. Even so, they also mean that many labors of love are at risk of being outdated by the time they are finished. Change is speeding up, and it's change at so many levels, at so many levels, personal, community, and global. She talks about three principles that we need to hold on to as we live in that threshold of change. And the first one of those is that change echoes. Took me a little while to, to visualize where that was and, and then be able to put it into words. But if you think about um, a pond and you throw a stone in and it begins to ripple out, and then you throw another one over and it ripples out and they come together. In some cases, they cancel each other out. In some cases, they will build to bigger ripples, but they impact each other. Change echoes. I change my consciousness. My vibration changes. It impacts Margaret. Her vibration may change, may entrain, or it may be that her vibration, when it hits me, causes me to shift. And then I step outside, and something's going on in the world or in my community. There's a political thing going on. And the vibration of that is going to impact me. But then also, my consciousness and the vibration that I exude is going to impact that. And if you, can close, if you can bring together and concentrate into community, then we can make even greater change. But it is, a, it is a give and take on this process. So change echoes. The second one is that participating in change is a shared task. For those of us who are highly introverted, that's a tough one. I'm not real fond of sharing my innermost feelings with anybody. And yet, in order to move through the changes that occur within me, I have to talk about it. I have to express it. If I stuff it, what happens? It festers, possibly. I don't see an opportunity that I might, when I speak with Nancy Merritt or Elsine, I might not see it unless they hold the mirror for me. That works with communities as well. We're getting ready to make some major changes. And it's important for us as a community to share in that move, both physically, please, and also emotionally, spiritually, to stay connected, to be in oneness with this move. It is a shared task that also applies at a global level. 
Change is a shared task. We cannot withdraw into our little cave and say, that doesn't apply to me. It does. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And then the third one is that change is embodied. Change is in my very selves. It holds here the emotions, the thought processes. It's in my body. And if I listen to my body, it will tell me, it will guide me. Some of the most, some of the strongest intelligence we've got is not our head and it's not our heart, it's our gut. What does your gut tell you? And so if I listen to that, sometimes we call that the still small voice. Whatever you call it, it's called listen. We are a body. Unity Minneapolis is a body. And it is important for us to listen to this body and hear what it's saying, what it's feeling, how it's resisting or not. What is the guidance? It is important for us to stay connected and listen to this body as well. And you can take it up to the next level. It's important for the community to hear what the community body is saying and the nation and the world. So those three pieces of this change require us to trust each other and the process. And that means we have to be pretty authentic and trust ourselves first and then trust each other and then trust those that oppose us. That's the hard part. We'll talk about that one in a minute, too. So today, we're talking about global change and how it impacts us. I want to share with you another quote. Let me get my quote book out here. This one is from Martin Luther King. And he says this, all progress is precarious. And the solution of one problem brings us face to face with another one. You notice that one? Yeah, on occasion. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. We are connected. We know that in unity. We're all one. We know it at least intellectually. And we know it somewhere in our heart. We know it. But how is it manifested? How does it show up for us on any given day? In order to... One more thing before we go there. The ten skills that Karen outlined in her book laid out for us. Those are skills that we can use at a personal level for moving through change. They also are skills that are needed when we go through a global change, a community change, and we'll be talking about those. But the skills are the same. It's where we apply those skills that bring the impact. As I was looking at that, um, I figured, how do I, how do I bring this forward? And, and I'm reading this book, and one of these days, hopefully after we move, I'm going to do a, 
a class on this. It's a book called Short Stories by Jesus. It's a book written by Amy Jill Levine. She is retired now, but she was, in fact, the professor of theology and Jewish studies at one of our North Carolina seminaries. She's written several books. But this one, she wrote about the parables. And when she writes them from the view of the audience to whom Jesus was speaking, a Jewish audience of that period of time, what would they have heard him say? And so I'm thumbing through this, figuring out, you know, which one of these, this is fascinating stuff. I picked up the Good Samaritan. Now, we all know the Good Samaritan, yeah? Who's the Good Samaritan? Tell me, tell me characteristics of the Good Samaritan. Helpful, compassionate. Say again? Outcast. Mm -hmm. Samaritans were outcasts. Who is the Samaritan when we talk about that parable? Who usually, when we, we try to make it you know, relatable, who is the Good Samaritan? Are we the Good Samaritan? We are the Good Samaritan. Jesus, in a traditional interpretation, Jesus is the Good Samaritan who comes in and reaches out even though the religious structures and the legal structures wouldn't touch it because they might be de declared unclean. But, but Jesus did and took care of this, the, the man in the ditch. That's one interpretation. We could be it. We have good Samaritans everywhere. We got a good Samaritan hospital. We got Samaritan's purse. We got all kinds of organizations that do reach out. And this is amazing. This is an amazing, amazing, amazing lesson for us to learn. However, what the audience that Jesus was speaking to would have heard was not that in total. You see, the Samaritan was the hated enemy of the, the guy in... Well, no, we won't say that because we don't know exactly who the guy in the ditch was. It's just a guy in the ditch who'd been beaten and robbed and stripped and was half dead. The Levi and the, and the priest were part of a trilogy in that period of time, if you were talking to a Jewish audience, you would say there was a priest, the Levi, and an Israelite. That's how the tribes broke out. So the audience would have been expecting there was a priest, the priest walked over here by the, didn't, didn't touch it. The Levi walked over here and didn't touch it. And they would have been expecting the next person to be an Israelite. The rest of the, the lost tribes, effectively. That's who that was. But they didn't hear that. They heard Samaritan. Whoa, wait a minute. You're telling me that the Samaritan, the enemy, the person who doesn't like me and wants me to be wrong, was the one that helped? And not just once, but continued to help. What was the purpose there? 
What was the purpose in that parable then? The lawyer that asked the questions, and those lawyers in the room, please don't take offense. This is what Luke said, not what I said. <laughs> Luke didn't have a whole lot of respect for lawyers at the time. The young lawyer that asked the question was challenging Jesus, first off. What do I have to be saved? What do I have to get, what I have to do to be, get eternal life? And Jesus turned it back on him and says, what does the law say? What does the law say? Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, strength, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And the young lawyer wasn't really satisfied with that answer. He said, so let's push this a little bit further. So Jesus, who's my neighbor? It's defined in Jewish law what the neighbor is. That young man knew what the neighbor was. And what did Jesus say? He gave them the parable. And when he finished with the parable, he said, Now, which one of you, these three were the neighbor? And the young man, you could, the way it's described, John almost choked. He couldn't say the Samaritan. He just said, The one who showed mercy, not compassion, mercy. And Jesus said, Go and do the same. Not go and pray about it. Not go and do a ritual. Not go and talk about it with your friends. Go and do the same. Love your neighbor, who he has just said is your enemy. As he did it. Why do you think the first two, the priest and the Levite, walked by? Why didn't they stop? One of the interpretations is about the law of purity. Didn't want to touch it because it would be unclean, and then I couldn't go perform my ritual duties. Let me read you something that Martin Luther King said. I'm going to tell you what my imagination tells me. It's possible that these men were afraid. And that the first question that the priest and the Levite was asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the Samaritan came by and he reversed the question. If I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to him? King went on, if I don't stop to help the sanitation workers, what will happen to them? King went to Memphis, and it was there he was assassinated. Do likewise, and you will live. Love God, and love your neighbor, and your neighbor is everyone, not just those that look like you, that think like you, that act like you, or that live around you. And you might even learn something if you loved your enemy. You might even learn something. 
Yesterday, um, someone who knew this lesson well, who lived this lesson as well as anybody I know, made her transitioning. Yesterday, while celebrating in Mexico, Pat Samples left us. Pat Samples made her transition yesterday. And like I said, that woman lived it. She taught it. It was who she was and still is. We don't know any of the details, really. We're waiting on the family to come and let us know what happened and how we can support them. Okay. But what I want us to, to know is that she's not gone in the sense that if we tell Pat stories and we follow the guidance that Pat gave us and we take the action that she is not here to take, then she's here. She's here. Yesterday afternoon, after our, yesterday evening, after we'd had some conversations, I was just sitting in my living room sort of pondering where this lesson was going to go, very honestly. Um, and she said to me, I'm cool. I'm okay. And I said back to her, I'm so glad we're not right now. And we will be. We will be. We hold, we hold her and her family in our prayers. And I'm going to ask Reverend Kevin if he would come up now and lead us in a prayer for Pat and her family and for all of us and for our world. Pat is truly a pillar of this community and beloved. And I am standing where she oftentimes would stand in mm. service for this community. Prayer chaplain ministry was just one of the many things that she had done over many, many years to serve this community. And so I invite all past and present prayer chaplains to please stand. All of you, please. Yeah. And we're holding this space together. If you can picture Pat's face or her presence, I invite you to bring that to your mind's eye right now. If you have no idea who Pat is, just know that her spirit, her presence, her love is right here, right now. And I suspect you can probably feel that energy. So if you would, please, please join me in prayer. Sweet Holy Spirit, birther of all that is, we express abundant gratitude for the life and the love of Pat Samples. We just hold her in radiant light and we bless her as she moves on to her next adventure. We take her examples of loving 
and how she loved and what she did and how she lived her life. And we dedicate ourselves to those causes and that passion. And we bless Pat as she moves forward. And we say, Pat, well done. Well done. And we especially wrap her son, Andre, his wife, Lindsay, and their child, Phoenix, in just that same love, light, peace, and comfort. We hold them, and we hold them, especially over the next days and weeks, and we bless them. And mostly, we just we say thank you, sweet spirit, for the life of Pat Samples. We see that energy, that love. We see that continuing on forever. We say thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. I got plenty and then some. What do I do? Got plenty and then some. What do I do? I got plenty and then some. What do I do? Well, I go out and help somebody Get plenty and then some too hey. Yes, I do Hey, let's start from the top, eh?
there couldn't have been a more perfect song. What did Pat do? She just helped somebody. A roof over her head, she invited them in. She prepared the way. She helped people. Thank you. Thank you. And now it's time for us to step into that cycle of life, that cycle of giving and receiving, giving of our blessing so that we might help each other and help our community. You know how that happens. There's online, there's envelopes, there's cash, there's, you know how that works. I don't need to tell you that. I ask you to do that today as part of an offering and a blessing. So take in your hand, I'll ask the ushers to come forward now. Those here in the sanctuary, those coming in, live stream, in your hand, using our power of imaging, see that gift, whatever form it takes, see it in your hands now. And let us bless it together as we say our offertory blessing. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give all that I receive, and all that I am, and so it is. Breathing in that sense of gratitude, we take a moment, we take a moment and we bless these gifts. 
knowing that we do have the power to bless and that what we bless increases in our life. We bless these gifts and we send them forth in service of our vision of a transformed world, transforming the world one person at a time by love, peace, and compassion. We say thank you, sweet spirit, and so it is. Amen. Asking our on-duty prayer chaplains to please stand. These folks arrived early to hold sacred space for us. They're here to pray with you if you so choose. Whatever they hear, they will listen and hold in confidence. I promise it'll be a blessing for you and for them. If you are streaming with us, there are a couple numbers that you can use to call if you wish prayer as well. Thank you for your service. Reverend Tony, come on up. Do we have kids? Do we have kids? Let's bring them in. youngins on this cold winter day in Minnesota. We had a lot of fun in our nursery with eight kids. <laughs> and I know in the YES classroom, the preschool to fifth grade, they talked about friendship and made some bracelets. Might want to hold those up. You got them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Let's appreciate our adult volunteers. Thank you. Let's move forward with wrapping up with our prayer for protection and our peace song. Uh, as we do our prayer for protection, I invite you to hold Pat Samples and her family in that energy of love and light and just, just know that all is well. So it is. The light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is well.
There's a place in your heart And I know that it is love And this place, it was brighter than tomorrow And if you really try You'll find there's no need to cry In this place, you feel there's no hurt or sorrow There are to get there if you care enough for the living make a little space just make a little space make a better place a better place feel the world make it a better place for you and for me and the entire human race there
Yeah, Jesus. <laughs>